Thank you for joining us at TLDR Game Series Podcast. I'm Marco. Joining me today is Sean. Hi. Diana. Hey. And again, we have Todd with us. How's it going? Yay, Todd. Woo! So, Happy New Year, everybody. It's 2018. We are here enjoying a new set of games coming out this year. Uh, we're going to talk about, in this episode... Uh, already Kickstarters were already backing and spent money on. I've already failed my New Year's resolution. <laughs> Our New Year's resolutions uh, for game boards. As well as we're going to talk about Kickstarter campaigns, what we like and don't like. Uh, and what can be improved on or what people are just doing fantastic on. And there I go again saying fantastic all the time. You're doing a fantastic job. It's all fantastic. Alright, so going into... The beginning. Mm, that's a good place to start. Yes. No, we should start from the end. Let's so let's talk end. about let's the discussion. Let's get into this bitch. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Kickstarters that we are backing or have interest in. Uh, interest in. Uh, I'm going to start off with this conversation here. And I know I've given Timothy Gay quite a bit of uh, flack for this on uh, Facebook. But... I'm really interested in hate. You know, Eric Lang, I, I, I loved his game. Uh, who's the other designer who also did Blood Rage? Uh, what? The designer is Eric Lang. The art is Adrian Smith. Right. He did the, the art for Blood Rage as well. And I love the minis of this game. I know, Sean, you're not a fan of a lot of the other components, but I think it, it does have potential. The minis are cool, but the price tag is too much for to. There's just not enough there for me to spend 120 bucks minimum. Well, Plus all the other stuff. <laughs> all the add-ons. Simon, you know, is going to add tons of extras. But you know, this one is is not going to retail. This is Kickstarter only because of the adult content. You can't see me about doing my fingers in quotes here. Uh, so I don't want to miss out. Like it could be a great game. You know, it definitely has potential. I mean it. At least it's multiplayer now, not just not just two at yeah, a time. Yeah, so one versus one. That that does improve the value for me somewhat, but it still it doesn't. I mean, I'll play it if you buy it and get it. I will absolutely play it. <laughs> well, so will I but, if I buy but it. But I wouldn't. That's not. It's not one that I would back. So I mean, it's just there's something about it. I know there's a lot of Simon haters out there, uh, and Simon lovers. Uh, I'm on the fence with Simon. Like, there's some games that I will back that just, wow, this looks amazing. This mm. gameplay looks amazing. Like, if I would have known about Blood Rage back when it first was coming out and not wait for Sean to buy it, I would have gotten it. Yeah, me too. I was I was way late to the game, um, but Blood Rage is definitely one of my favorites. I didn't right. I didn't get Rising Sun either. That's one I, I know one and I missed. That that one uh, I know uh, our friend Josh has it has it coming in so okay I can't wait to try it when once Tuesday robot it. Josh yes okay um, so that's my number one Kickstarter gonna back have interested in uh, Sean what about you um, the one I have backed right now that's ending the soonest is Western Legends um, it it looks fun you get to you get to play as uh, a legendary American Wild West hero and. You get to decide how you want to play out play out their their legend, but you can be you can be good. You can fight bandits, you know, or you can become an outlaw. You can rob banks, or, uh, do things like that. And I feel like that's all I would do is just be the outlaw. I mean, I think I'll, I would try different tactics, but probably the first couple of times I play it, I'd probably try to be a bad guy. No, just like Merchants Marauders, I'm gonna be Always. a marauder. Always the marauder. I don't care if I win. I want Bad to. Choice. I want to be a marauder. <laughs> Let Diana win as we're fighting it out. Yeah, and right. uh, the components in this game look look pretty good. Uh, there's no, there's nothing about an insert though, which I'm concerned about. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to make my own. Well, if you make your own and it is something that is reasonable, I am sure you're gonna be mass producing those. Uh, yeah. Well, that'd be cool. Uh, Diana, what about you? Uh, so my Kickstarter is, um, a game called Nemesis. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a game by Adam Kopinski. I, I hope I said that right. Um, if not, sorry, Adam. 
Um, but this is a, um, a sci-fi horror survival game, a uh, co-op. Um, it, I mean, it looks super awesome. Uh, the artwork is super cool. It's got kind of like an alien theme going on, but all it all takes place on a spaceship. Um, there's there's a couple different really cool things about it. Um, obviously, the minis are fantastic. Um, but there's like different, um, alternative ways to play. Um, like one, one way is you can play as an intruder, um, which is really neat. Uh, it's got some expansions. Um, I was more interested in the core game just because it already came with a price tag of a hundred bucks. Right. So the 140 for the, you know, few things in the expansion just didn't do it for me, but it looks like a super cool game. I'm super excited about it. Um, I think there's a um, a hidden objective component to it as well. Yes. Like everyone has their mm-hmm. own, so it's it's co-op, but not entirely. It reminds me of a little bit like the thing where it's co-op and you're all trying to survive, but everybody's kind of got like a dirty little secret. Yeah, or some people do. But... Sure. Right, and these are the. It's made by the same people who did Lords of Hellas. Yes. Yeah. Which that game looks amazing. The production still, value on that game is off the charts. I, I've seen it played quite a few times. I haven't had a chance to actually get to play it, yeah. but it looks amazing. And if it is anything like that game, uh, I can't. I can't the, wait. Uh, way to go, Awaken Realms. Way to go. Yeah, they the, did this War of Mine too. Yep, they did. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the, here's, uh, the, here's a messed up thing. The thing is, is that if you backed War of Mine, you got a piece for Lords of Hellas. Oh. If you back Lords of Hellas, you got a piece for Nemesis. Oh. Wow. And now if you back Nemesis, I'm sure there's a piece that goes for their next game. Sure. So probably, if you miss out. So. I mean, that's that's pretty smart. Yeah. Also, the uh, the term miniature for Lords of Hellas is not... It doesn't really fit because those things are gigantic. <laughs> yes, and you construct them. Yeah, like, you, which you is build awesome. them as you go. They're I had they're the biggest game miniatures I've ever seen. All right, uh, Todd, do you have a game that you're interested in or are backing? So yeah, I back I backed Monster Slaughter by Incoma Games. Um, so you play the head of a family of monsters trying to kill off college kids <laughs> in the cabin in the woods. Yeah, I'm glad you backed that one because that saved me some money. That the the box is the cabin, Sean. Yes, I do. I do like how they implemented the box like, in the actual gameplay. How many stretch goals did that thing hit? I mean, all uh, all of all them. Of them. Oh I remember at, at the very end, they were like seven thousand dollars away from the final stretch goal, and the campaign went so well, they decided to go ahead and unlock it for everybody for free, which is awesome. I mean, that's very generous. Yeah, they were three hundred and thirty-one pounds away from oh, the last stretch. So goal. not even. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> $600, $700. I mean, Maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, how many different uh, villains, you know, from movies are in this? Well, in, so, inspired said, by. There's a exactly. lot. So, you know, you have the family that's basically the zombies. You have the werewolves. You have the vampires. You have a trio, which is basically Chucky, Freddy Krueger, and Jason. Nice. Um, aliens ghosts there's a lot and then the last family were were gremlins <laughs> and does the the gameplay actually have like the board is in the box yeah right i think i was looking at this game you, when you it did first... i did okay yeah you you came to me about it and asked what i thought about it i was like Wait. i almost backed it but todd todd got it before i did so if i remember correctly doesn't this game also come with a mixtape uh, yeah, I think I think it has like nineteen eighties. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Soundtrack. Yeah, I think I think yeah, so. The original soundtrack. Yeah. So basically, you can play this while you're playing the game to get that whole eerie feeling. Yeah. I Hopefully feel like you just need a fog machine. It's not an actual cassette, is it? Because I don't know if I have a cassette no, player. No, it's, it's digital. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, that's that's good. I can I can play digital stuff. Full cinematic experience. That's right. And awesome. there's a family of clowns, Marco. Oh, your favorite. No, no. (laughs) Just like when you guys drug me to go see it. Yes. And you covered your eyes. I I did not watch about three quarters of it. Just to clarify, when Marco says to go see it, he means literally the movie It. Just just to clarify. He's a full grown. But he didn't see it because he covered his eyes the whole time. Because 
F clowns. F clowns. Also, I know y'all can't see this, but Todd is wearing a hat that says, you'll float too. Very appropriate. appropriate. Very appropriate for right now. Uh, All right. So the second game I want to talk about uh, is I want to bring interest to it. But ultimately, I think this guy, I've talked to the designer of him of this game already, and I think he's going to pull the campaign so he can work on it some more. It's called 42 Days, A Journey Out of Homelessness. Uh, He's taken his own personal experiences uh, from being homeless, as well as now he's a social worker working with the homeless and, you know, also educating um, kids on the effects of homelessness uh, to uh, the population in each city. And first off, I need to do a shout out to Getting Geeky with Game Relief. He was the one who pointed me in the direction of this game. On his podcast, um, and hooked me up with talking to Kyle Sample, who was the designer. And as much as I want to support this game, because the game in itself does look like it has elements to be a really good game, kind of similar in storytelling wise as this War of Mine. It's very narrative driven. I, I think it is, but unfortunately, you don't see any <laughs> gameplay. In his Kickstarter. Oh, yeah, that's a killer. You know, and so all the information I have is from his interview he did with Getting Geeky, uh, with Game Relief. Mm-hmm. So the way he described the game and how it works on that interview, the game sounds awesome. It just really needs a rework yeah. on the on the campaign itself. Yeah, there's, um, there's a game um, a while back that I, um, that I backed called uh, Epoch that was not funding and it looked awesome they pulled it and they redid it and when they relaunched they i mean they destroyed their funding goal right and so i'm with you i i think that's what it needs to do but i do want to draw attention to it because i think it has potential uh not only for you know a fun standpoint of hey it's another board game but educational as well um so that's my number two game yeah Mine is uh, another super popular game right now, um, Tiny Epic Zombies. Uh, the Tiny Epic series is, has been pretty fun. Um, I still haven't played Galaxies that Todd has, but I've played most of the other ones, and they've all been, they've all been awesome. And even though I feel like this, the zombie theme is, is pretty overdone right now, um, the fact that I get an item meeple with a chainsaw that gets to ride a motorcycle <laughs> put me over the edge with this game. So it'll be fun. Like, I'm not worried about it being being fun or not. Um, so do you, do you know most of, uh, like, how the gameplay works? Uh, I mean, I've, I've read it, but I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I know it's, it, can be, it can be played different ways. You can do co-op or competitive. Right. I'm sure there's a solo mode as well. Yeah, and supposedly when you die, your character actually dies. Then you go and into... You become a zombie. Well, you also can grab a new character, and it once all the characters die, the game's done. Oh, okay. So you just keep bringing right. new characters. So I think that's one of the gameplay versions. The one where you become a zombie and yeah, <laughs> just yeah, there's some... feast on your friends. Yeah, I mean that's that's always fun to get to when you get taken out of the game to 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 not be I just had to sit there and wait for everyone else to to finish the game or to die. Um, that's. It's a, it's a fun change when you get to play a different role. Right. And Diana, do you have another game? Nope. <laughs> I don't. I was just I was just flipping through to see if maybe another one caught my eye, but I'm having to really kind of rein Stretch in my Kickstarter <laughs> um, there was, stuff here. Wasn't there another one we backed recently that you were excited about? Uh, um... Uh, what was it? Ravine? Ravine, yeah. Yeah, that one um seems pretty cool. I think it's a card game, right? Uh, I, yeah, I believe it's like a survival co-op card game. Todd um, would hate it because I'm pretty sure you have to feed people to yes, survive. Yes, and obviously Todd doesn't like feeding people. <laughs> he does not like Outside it. of himself. That's that's why I'm worried about Todd liking this game, Maximum Apocalypse, because mm-hmm. there is a feeding... Element to a it? A feeding element to it. But it's it's very... It's not super heavy. <laughs> I mean, you have as to long as they make it better by like, having to put a breathing element. Like, <laughs> you have to breathe. Yes. Is it because you can't eat the food? Is that why you don't like feeding He's, he's jealous, yes. 
Um, I mean, I'm actually kind of surprised that I'm excited about that one because it is a card game and that's just not my forte. I like boards and discovery and adventure. Um, but this, I think the thing that really drew me to Ravine was that, um, there is a, there's something to the game where I can't remember what it is, but there's, um, uh, like you develop um, scenarios along the way that affect your character. Um, oh, like it changes as you go, kind of? I, yeah, I think so. Um, so kind of like in, in a normal game where you would get, um, like you would lose sanity or uh, strength or things like that. You actually developed, um, I think you develop mannerisms and quirks and things along along your survival. So that sounds really cool. And um, and it's cool because the guy's last name is the same as our last name. Yeah. It's developed by Matthew Sisson. No, oh, no, no relation. Uh-huh, as far sure. as I, as far as I know, <laughs> as far as I know, there's did no you, relation. Did you like this game because of that? That was originally why I clicked on it. <laughs> okay, because I didn't. I don't think that's why I clicked on it. Yeah, I and clicked I, on it. I pretty, came to him early. with this game, and he was like, "Oh, I already backed it because the guy's last name is Sisson." I'm like, "Oh, that's funny." Well, it looks keep like it a in really the family. Game. That's right. It does look fun. All right, Todd, do you have another game? I don't have anything else I've backed. How about anything that draws interest to to you when you first what's, see it? What's the most ridiculous game you see on Kickstarter right now? Is there one? I just... I, I see one now that says Crime Pays, the board game of sociopathic tendencies. Oh, oh that sounds perfect for <laughs> you. <laughs> you automatically win that game. And the first, the first <laughs> sentence to describe it is, you're a horrible person, but that's okay. Nice guys finish last because they're pussies. <laughs> Rob scam and deal your way to millions. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Is it a card game or is that there's an actual board? Looks like there's a board. I literally just pulled this up, so I don't know anything else. Sure, about. yeah, that, that, that's cool. <laughs> I have not heard of that one. All right, so that's our Kickstarter interest. <laughs> For the month of January, uh, of games we've backed or have interest in. Um, so there are some really good ones out there already. And it's only January, guys. We still got 11 more months after this. Yeah, next month is going to gonna be tough. Oh my god. I, I, I don't even want to think about it. Uh, so, speaking of January, let's talk about our board game resolutions that we've all had. Um, honestly... I can say I have not fulfilled mine yet, and if anything, I've broken it multiple times over, and that was not to just immediately buy every game I see. And unfortunately... Yeah, you failed at that. I failed how at many, that. How many you Te- bought? Technically, you didn't buy every game you've seen. That's true. So. Not every one. No, I just bought seven, seven games already in this month. I, I, I can't believe it. That's, that's a lot. Like, originally it was like, oh, look, you know, Miniature Market's having this sale, 75% off. That's awesome. I'll get three th- games there. Oh, what's this? Game Nerds has a sale going on? Uh, I'll just take a look. Oh, three more games. And then, unfortunately, I was at Madness on Thursday, and I had to get one more. And it's not, this month isn't even over yet, and I've That's pro- true. probably spent way too much money. I actually have not purchased any... <sighs> games this year i have i have the two kickstarters that i backed um okay but you're going to next week so you're cutting it pretty close well yeah but i have that's because i have a gift card you're still gonna spend money you know that <laughs> yeah i'll probably still spend money <laughs> I, have, I have a gift card to a common ground games here in dallas and for your birthday week they give you 20 percent off right store purchase my birthday's tomorrow so we have to go sometime soon yeah Happy birthday to yes. me. Happy birthday to Sean. Shameless plug. Shameless <laughs> plugs. Send me money. <laughs> All right, Sean, what's your board game resolution? Um, similar to yours. I have to stop buying so many. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. This is... I can't. I can't keep buying so many. I don't have... The shelf space? That, yes. Let's go with that. I don't have the shelf <laughs> space. Also, I'm not a millionaire. No. Yet. I just know that I I actually broke down and I bought some Calic shelves. Yeah. Um, being delivered next Tuesday, but... 
Oh, they're delivering. Yeah. How much was that delivery? Too much. <laughs> as much That's as, what we heard. As much as the shelves? 78 bucks for $105 shelf. Oof. Wow. Yeah. I know that you had you had kind of another resolution. You wanted to do a twelve by twelve, right? Or oh, the ten by ten, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be co- I, that'd be good. I'd like to get a board or something. So, something what is the keep... ten by ten? It's just pick ten games at the beginning of the year, and by the end of the year, you need to play each of those games ten times. You can knock. I that mean, out it, in sounds, it sounds it sounds <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds um, pretty easy, but if you pick a game and you don't necessarily like that game as much as you thought you would, then you might struggle to get it, you know, played by the end of the year. Um, but there's definitely some games that I that I could play. I like to put some games in there that I know Diana wouldn't play with me ten times. Blood like, Rage. I like to play Blood oh. Rage ten times. How about Captain Sonar? Oh my God! Stop it! There's a cuss <laughs> words in this house. Captain Sonar. There's yeah, there's there's a lot of games. Uh, now I'm gonna be in a bad mood all night. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Diana. What was your board game resolution this year? Um, so I think I would like to, um, start playing some solo games. That's something I haven't done. I know. Are you flirting with me right now? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think part of it is because there are games that I really, really love and I know I'm never going to beat you in them. Um, so at least if I play it solo, I can hopefully have a win. In Um, my experience, the, the Automa or whatever you're playing against is way better than me. I don't know. But it's we'll also see. a way for you to get better. Uh, yeah. Change your strategy. Yeah. yeah. I know definitely, like, for, well, actually, I can't say this has made me get any better, but the Suburba, uh, Suburbia. Suburba. Suburbia. Suburbia. <laughs> Suburbia. Uh, Audemars. Wasn't that the, the weird flying thing from Star Wars Phantom Menace? That's uh, Suburba. Yeah, Suburba. Um, but no, <laughs> that one, you know, I played quite a few times thinking well, I was getting better. And then I bring this game over to Sean's, and his first playthrough absolutely destroys me. Yeah, here's what I learned. If you build all of the airports in that game, then you win. <laughs> that is very that's, true. That's what, what happens. Build the airports and you win. I, I did not do any hate drafting of airports. Well, he just kept letting me buy them. I did. It was my fault. Um, so I think that's a great resolution to do. You know. Yeah, I haven't done it. Before, so it'll be an interesting experience. Hopefully, I like it, and I'll repeat. Todd, I don't really know. Probably find a movie-making themed game that's decent because it doesn't exist. That is tough. Make one. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other people make one. That's the all right. Case. So that's the request, everybody. <laughs> if you know of. Or have made or are making a movie-themed board game, please let us know. What do, which ones do we have so far? I know we have you have Cinelinks, you have yeah, that's not really movie. Dream movie. Factory. Uh, What's the one we just played a couple that weeks was the ago? Networks. The networks. That, so it's that it's was, it's a TV network thing, and that that uh, one's okay. actually that's that actually was, a that good was game. fun. Yeah. There's actually, I did idea. back something else. I backed the expansion to that. To the networks. Oh, okay, awesome. I forgot about that. Oh. But, yeah, nice. movie-making themed board game. That's decent. Yeah, I mean, everything I've ever seen on Kickstarter the past year and a half have been shite. Like, there's one on there called Auditions right now. Mm. I saw that, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> it looks like a party game. It is. It, it, yeah. it is. I'm pretty, I think it, that's how Like, it I think great. most movie um, games are party games. So is it yeah. charades with a different title? Oh yeah. God! Charades from hell was that? That that's hilarious. But um, <laughs> one of the was it God hates charades of, or something? That's a game, yeah. One of the mechanics of these games is typically like um, bidding, which isn't the best mechanic in a game, right? So hopefully someone can make one without the yeah. aspect in it. Yeah, the auction aspect. Where yeah. Like I, I think it, it's called. I think the German version's Dream Factory, and it's called Blockbuster here. Is that correct? Hollywood Blockbuster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I remember yeah. That. You know that that main mechanic is auction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was that other game that you had that had the auction element to it? But unfortunately, Zeus got two. Is that the one that came in the big plastic movie reel? No, it was the card game. We've played it several times. Oh, movie reels. Oh, oh, God! What is that called? 
reels and deals or something like that. Yeah, yeah which game... is no longer being made. Oh, that sucks. That game is funny. Yeah. Just because of the, the names. Yeah. Reels and Deals, is that what it was called? Th- yeah, that game is actually pretty fun. Was there drafting, in, or not drafting, was there auction in that? I don't remember. Well, yes. There yeah. was auction. Yeah. Um, so it was... Like, uh, actors or anything to bid on, then it was, you know, everyone bid. So that bidding aspect is... So again, we are requesting, if you know of, are making, have made, or have a little inkling in your eye about making a movie-themed board game, please let us know. We want to play it. I'll probably buy it. <laughs> you have That's one. True. You have one backer at least. Whether it's good or bad, because I seem to just buy all of them. Yeah. Most if, of them are bad. if you have, do not know Todd, he has over what is it, five hundred Blu-rays? Double that. So a thousand Blu-rays. Basically, everyone who's listening to this, because none of you know Todd. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, there might be a few. Uh, all right, I have one other resolution that I want to complete this year, and that is play more of the board games I've purchased. Yeah, that's a good one. Because there are quite a few. I think that's everybody's resolution. I mean, they call it a wall of shame. It's not shameful to own them and not play them. They're just, you know, collecting dust. So. But they're protected by their plastic. They are. They're so protected. Like I, I bought what Ex Libris. Which looks really cool. Yeah, I've read wanna, great things on it. I want to play that. Haven't played it yet. Um, we have some. Yeah, we've got played. a few. There's so many. I, there's so many. I can't even remember their names. That's how bad it's gotten. Yeah, I just got in BIOS Genesis and BIOS Megafauna that from Kickstarter. We haven't played yet. Uh, Bastion. We haven't played. We haven't played Mountains of Madness. Mountains of Madness. Yeah. We barely cracked open uh, Pandemic Legacy too. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of things. So we've got we've got some stuff to keep us busy. Have you played Queen Domino yet? Queen no. Domino, yeah, Todd and I did. <laughs> Todd and I did. It was it's fun. I like I like some of the changes they made to it. Some of the other aspects. Yes, Queen Domino. Yes. Queen Domino. Queen Domino and Queen Domino. Queendom. The, <laughs> the United Queendom. Reminds me of that episode of uh, the IT crowd. <laughs> Gay the game musical. Yes. Alright, so does anybody else have a resolution they want to talk about? Uh, no, I'm. I think. I think I'm good. All right. So that is our board game resolutions that we have for this year. Hopefully, you guys have some that are similar to ours, or some that are awesome, and I would love to hear them. So uh, if you could put a little post or comment on our Facebook page about your board game resolution, and we will be sure to respond. We'll be right back with Designers Corner. Welcome to Designer's Corner. I am Marco, and today I have with me uh, the creator and designer of Doomsday Robot, and they just finished up uh, Bridges to Nowhere. I think it was, when was it, John, last year? Uh, No, it was March, right? It was actually May. May. May 2017. And they had such a great, successful campaign. I was looking over the numbers, and I think you guys did over 800% than what your uh, pledge was. 4300 is what you asked for, and you guys got 36,000. Yeah, we did really well. Um, I was very happy and very surprised and humbled by the response to the game. Um, everybody really seemed to enjoy it, and it, and it kind of took off and got legs and kind of ran off from there. So. Yeah, so for those who don't know what Bridges to Nowhere are, why don't you give our listeners a little you know, preview of what Bridges to Nowhere is and how you play it. Well, Bridges to Nowhere is a card game that's between one and four players, so there is a solo mode. Uh, and what you're doing is you're trying to build the best bridge. And how you do that is by drafting cards and playing them, and you're actually using mini cards hooked up to uh, a bridge size card uh, to create spans of bridges. Uh, and there's three different types of bridges. There's uh, cable bridges, truss bridges, 
and suspension bridges. And you have to match each pair and then create a bridge. And once you cap it and it's between two large bridge cards, uh, you've made yourself a bridge segment and you get to score points based on that. It, I would have to say this. The very first draw for me on this game when I saw it on Kickstarter and when you guys uh, let me preview it a little bit was the artwork. It is absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, I love the artwork too. Um, it was uh, a friend of mine. Uh, he's a great artist, uh, Mark Hampson. And he did the art for me when I first started the game. Um, the game actually originated as a contest entry for a Geekway to the West um, convention contest, uh, design contest. And uh, I, I had drawn up some cards just by hand and I uh, sent it to him. And I said, you know, can you do something with this? And he made what was very close to the final artwork for the game. And I was like, oh, I love this artwork. So it, the artwork for the game kind of was set very early on um, and then the backgrounds we kind of added and then through the Kickstarter we were able to even do more so uh, yeah I I agree I love the art and it's one of the one of the principles that I wanted to do with Doomsday Robots is to really focus on the art of games um, that's one of our tenants is is games as art so that was you guys did a fantastic job on it. Well, thank you. I will say that you know it's one of those big things that will draw me to a game, is you're going about you know looking through all these games when you're at the game store and then all of a sudden you just see that one piece of art that's on a game box. You're like, wait a minute, I gotta see what else this is. And then you open the box and all of a sudden you have bridges, a nice great micro game that, in your opinion, was it what you expected uh it <laughs> as the designer i obviously have a little partialness to it but uh it, it it turned out better than i expected and a lot of that was um partnering with with brad and josh on it um they really brought out a lot more of the game than i would have done just by myself um i had it as a two-player micro game for the for the contest in st louis and that was kind of like the constraint, the design constraint of that contest is I could only use so many cards. So it was a, I thought a pretty tight two player game and I really liked it. And uh, when we started all working together on it and we said, you know what, this is going to be our first game that kind of launches the company. It's going to, going to be our first game on Kickstarter. It's the first game we've ever published and we've never done anything like this before. So we said, okay, let's do this. And we already had, I mean, I had a pretty good, solid micro game. Uh, but what we expanded to it and added to it, there was a lot there. And, you know, the, uh, again, Mark Hampson, who did the art, went back and did more art, did more cards. Um, so I think, I think the game through the process is, has gotten a lot better. And I'm very happy with it. It's, it's better as a collaboration than I would have had it by myself. So. So, I have to ask this. We're going to go back to what got you into board games that led you into Doomsday and Bridges to Nowhere. Uh, you know, honestly, it was just playing games with my family. Uh, we'd have a family game night, and we'd, it, uh, I'd go over with my wife, and we'd play games with my, with my dad and, and my grandma, and, and my brother would come too, and it, it was always a lot of fun. Um, and so I, I really enjoyed a lot of the games that we played, but it was something that I was like wanting more and more games. And so got into more of the designer board games. Um, and then basically on the gateway games, I was starting to think of like, oh, you know what? When we played phase 10, I always thought, how would I make this game better? You know, like I want to make a game like Phase Ten, and but I want to I want to make it bigger. I want to make it better. And at the time, I didn't know that games existed that were bigger and better. So when I found those games, I, I really, really, really enjoyed it, and and it kind of sparked my creativity, and I just wanted to make games. So that's kind of what started it. 
And now look at you. <laughs> and if you guys hear all that noise in the background, we're actually at Dallas Game Marathon, which is a weekly event uh, where we just play board games and have fun. Um, so going on from there, where you, you, know, you had your experience with your family, you wanted to do something with Phase 10-esque, um, and then you found out this whole other world of board games. What was the game from the other world that really drew you in? Like if you were to pick one. If I was to pick one, I would say it's Ticket to Ride. Um, I really, really enjoyed Ticket to Ride, and it was something very different from anything else I'd ever played. I mean, we played Monopoly and Sorry and things like that. They were very common games that you could find at any store. Um, but when I played Ticket to Ride for the first time, um, which was now like eight years ago, or so I don't exactly know. <laughs> But uh, I, I really enjoyed it, and it kind of opened my eyes to be like, oh, you know, there's more than just what's on the shelves at, at Target or something. There, you know, there's more to it. So, yeah, I, I would say Ticket to Ride was the big one. Um, and then it led to others, but... That's all. <laughs> and then it just grew from there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it grew from that, and... Uh, but I've always had a, I've had a, always had been partial to card games, but um, that's kind of where I, why I developed Bridges to Nowhere as a card game because I do love card games and things like Rook, um, like I mean Phase Ten I enjoyed playing with my family and um, games like that and there was other failed games and failed designs I had <laughs> along the way too so which happens. <laughs> but speaking of on the shelves, when are we going to see Bridges to Nowhere on the shelves? Well, um, if, uh, if Target calls me, um, <laughs> no, uh, we should, we should have it in people's hands, in our backers' hands, uh, in, in May or June. Um, there's just been, it's been a slow process and, you know, something that we tried our hardest to prepare for as creators and I, I think a lot of it is as first-time creators, uh, we ran into problems that we just didn't foresee or things took longer than we thought they would. Um, on the flip side of that, we're trying to get the best quality game possible. So when things are off a little bit, we want them fixed. So, you know, I've, I've done probably like four versions of our box now um, because we're like, oh, it's off a little bit here. It's off a little bit there. So there's always a few little tweaks here and there, but... Um, yeah, overall, we, we should have it. I'm hoping that that come June 1st, all our backers have our game. Um, again, don't quote me on that, because <laughs> as a first-time creator, I don't know if that's realistic. So. Well, there's always hiccups, you know, <laughs> no matter where you go. Um, I will say this about what I've noticed from you guys uh, compared to other designers. You guys are so meticulous in your game development and moving forward. Uh, I've got to witness that first with Bridges, now with your new game. We want to talk about that one? Yeah, so the newest game we're working on right now is called Energy, And what you're doing is you're building a city out with cards. You're using cards and you're, you're building a city out with clean energy. So you're, you're putting down solar panels and you're putting down uh, uh, hydroelectric plants and you're putting down um, geothermal plants and you're... You're making these power grids that are actually powering your cities. Um, and this game, we've been in development on this game now for almost nine months. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. We, we tend to be a little meticulous because we want the game to be the best version of the game it can possibly be. Um, so we, we're... We're right now getting to the point where we're going to start sending it out for blind playtesting. Uh, hopefully that goes really well. I think the game right now plays super tight. So hopefully everybody that reads the rules without us standing there will agree. <laughs> um, and then eventually we're going to have it on Kickstarter. Well, cool. Uh, do you have an ex like estimated time? or? Uh, well, we're shooting for some time. I know this is a broad range, but sometime between July and October. Um, and that's only because we want to make sure 
that when we start the Kickstarter, everything is the way it's supposed to be. We want to make sure that we have the art assets we need. We want to make sure that the game is the gameplay is is right where it needs to be. Um, so we we do tend to take our time um, and make sure things are done right. But I think in the long run that will pay off. And and uh, I think two years from now, when, when people are playing Inner Joy and Bridges to Nowhere, they won't remember that the Kickstarter came out a month later than I thought it would, or the Bridges to Nowhere did have delays and, and came out later. Because uh, when you look at the game and you play the game and it has that the, the high quality that I want in every game, um, that you're only thinking about that and you're not thinking about, oh man, I, I remember this Kickstarter. It was later than I thought. So Well, I would have to say this is, you got a great reception from reviewers um, when your Kickstarter launched. Uh, you, you had Edo, who just loved the game. You know, hardboard, uh, Cardboard Stacker, you know, the Unfiltered Gamer, all loved the game. How did that make you feel as your first game to get all these positive reviews? Uh, it was... <laughs> I mean, I thought the game was good, so it, it was, but it was really nice to hear that other people enjoyed it. Um, like anything, anything you do, there's going to be people who don't like it. Um, so to have all positive reviews, I was very surprised. Now there was a few people that, that when we first contacted them and, uh, the rules weren't super clear. Uh, so they, they, they had to contact us and then once they figured out how to play, they were like, Oh, I really like this game. So that's, that's good to hear. Um, and it, it it does it's it's very nice. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie, it feels good to know that other people enjoy you know the the hard work you've put into something. Um, so, yeah, I'm I, I was really I was really happy with all our reviews and that I was really happy that everybody liked it. Well, that's great. Well, I can't wait for Inner Joy to come out. You know, Bridges, once I have that in my hands, John and right here, uh, <laughs> I would love to bring that out to the table and play it. Uh I will ask this as our final question for new designers and publishers that want to get into the board game community. What have you found is the best advice to give them? Um, that's a great question. There's tons of advice. I think the best advice that, or the best advice that I could give for like, <clears throat> for me personally, the best thing that I did was to team up with other people. I think that was super important. Um, working with other designers, Brad Schenkel and Josh Geimer, um, doing Doomsday Robots was such a humongous help because, like anything, when you have a collaboration and everybody gets a voice, then you're going to end up with a product that's better than what you could have done on your own because you're going to have people that have skills and expertise in areas that you don't have skills and expertise in and you kind of help each other out in those areas. So I, I, I think my best advice is to find a partner who has an equal love for it and, and can, do, can do some of the things that you maybe would fall short of on your own. Well, thank you so much, John. Well, this has been Designer's Corner with TLDR Game Series. We'll be right back. This month's discussion, we want to talk about Kickstarter campaigns and what draws us to them and, adversely, what turns us off about them. Uh, there are campaigns out there left and right. I think there's 300 plus or maybe 250 that are board game related that are active right now. And there are some where you just take a look, you know, just from the image that is portrayed on the search page and like, Oh my God, I want to back that. Then you click on it and all of a sudden, I don't know. This game has me scared. So that's what I want to talk about today. What are your thoughts on what really drives you into a Kickstarter campaign? 
Well, for me, um, I think what's really important in my mind is like pre-advertising. Um, mm. Although not necessary, it really helps to see um, a game that's doing really well right out the gate. Um, not that I wouldn't back a game that isn't heavily saturated already, but it makes me more intrigued or more interested and more likely to click on the game if it's already funded, you know, three days in. Right. Um, so I think that is a vital component to success on Kickstarter is making sure that you have a solid advertising foundation before you kick. Yeah, marketing. Marketing is a huge part of really of the really successful Kickstarters. Right. Like I mean, even if, even if like Facebook posts, uh, board game geek advertisement, things like that. Like if I know about a game before it comes out, um, then I'm more likely to be interested when it's actually out. Um, on top of that, the artwork is a huge deal to me. Uh-huh. If I mean games can be great without good artwork, there's no doubt. But a game that has a, has good artwork, it just it it'll initially draw me in, and it will get me to click on your game. Right. Um, <clears throat> now those games that don't have great artwork that I've that I've clicked on, They're games that my friends have backed or said, hey, look at the take a look at this. Um, but for me by myself, if I'm if I'm scrolling through a Kickstarter page, I'm going to click on a a game that has beautiful artwork before I click on one that has artwork that doesn't appeal to me. Um, after that, once I'm on the Kickstarter page, it, I mean the the way the page is set up is huge. I've seen I've I've seen some games that just don't um, give me a lot of confidence in the game. Um, whether or not they're going to fund or not, if they're close to funding, that doesn't mean that it gives me confidence in the game. Um, just uh, the their video the elevator video at the top is isn't a huge deal but if it's really bad quality then again gives me makes me trepidatious about backing the game or has nothing to do with the the actual gameplay or or that or or like at least shots in the game yeah Mm. yeah and then i mean who's if it's been reviewed by anybody yet is it can help if i'm on the fence about it uh, and just what their thoughts what their thoughts in the game are I like seeing a gameplay video too. That that can help. Right. You know, I I have to agree with that. Um, when you talk about reviews, uh, I, it goes with the marketing that Diana you were talking about, and what you just said, Sean, is if I see reviews done, or at least you know tags from people who've gotten written reviews inside the campaign, that gives me more confidence in it, because if. I see a campaign going on and, you know, I I like the artwork. I like the elevator uh, video to it. But then I see no gameplay video or no reviews to it. That's a huge red flag. Yeah. Because right now, reviewers are so accessible to designers. Um, You don't even have to get the top ones that cost money. You can go on to, and this is out to all designers, you can go to the board game reviewers and media Facebook page, and just pitch your game and ask who wants to review it. You'll get at least five to ten different reviewers who are willing to spend the time to look at it, play it for you, and give you a solid review or at least give you some information about what they think of the game. And if it's missing that con- that element to it, I, I immediately just, like, no. I, I'm done with it. I mean, unless it's from a big publisher like Simon or um, Z-Man or anything like that. Sure. I th- but even they have typically at least one major review. Yeah, I think it says a lot when a designer is willing to let his game be reviewed because that that shows. Oh, I care what other people think about this. I care. It shows that that I'm that I'm willing to hear to get feedback about my game and potentially make it better for my. You know, for my my customers, for my my fan base. Right. Uh, big turnoff for me, and I think I'll start with turnoffs. Well, let me add. Let me uh-huh. add another. Yeah, go ahead. An, another thing. I mean, this could go either way, but uh, one thing that um, I've seen on Kickstarter's before um, 
both ways. For me, what's really important is showing the components. I've seen games that don't show the components. I I mean, a lot of games, obviously the ones that I've backed do, but for me, that's really important. I want to know what I'm getting for my money, you right. know, and the quality. If you're charging me a hundred plus bucks for a game and it's got all cardboard components or paper components, you know, what, where's my money going? Right. So, um, you know, and same thing with, you know, the Kickstarter page itself. I want to know that a lot of thought and care was put into the design of the game. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's really important for me to know, like, what's going to come in the game. Right. I, I completely agree. You know, if, if you don't see anything of what you're getting outside of, you know, some still shots of what it, you don't even know, first off, if that, that still has been photoshopped or not. Right. You know, so you don't know if that's actual what the game is, what it isn't. You know, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a huge plus to see these components all laid out in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, when you don't see that or if it's just, and I'm sorry, I'm going to name drop this, this group, the Share Zone. I know, <laughs> what is it called? The Devil's Layer or... Devil's Level, I think it is. Yeah, the Devil's Level. This is a novelty game. I don't understand what... Well, okay, I do understand why it's made all of its money. You know, it's coming from this popular meme group that, in my opinion, is not funny at all. Others, I'm sure, disagree with me. I mean, they have... Quite a huge several follow. several thousand followers. Yeah, I think it was ninety thousand followers. Yeah, that's significant on Twitter. And you know, I understand you have a great fan base, but put something out there with quality. Yeah. You know that is the purpose of Kickstarter. It's not just to get you money, so you know you can go and squander it. You know, it's to give mm-hmm. you a great product so it can back your passion. And this is not a passion project to them. In all honesty, it isn't. Their meme, their meme group is. That's their passion product. Stick with that. Get funding for your meme group. Don't get it for and use it under tabletop board games, and say, "Hey, here's a here's a board game. Look how great we're doing." And then Kickstarter goes and says, "Hey, this is one of the games that we want to pitch and and we love." Yeah, that was that was shocking to me that they got a project we love. I think it's just because it funded so fast. Right. Like I don't know. I don't know the requirements for getting that for getting that tag, um, but it seems to be the ones that fund quickly. Right. Uh, and that one definitely funded quickly. I mean, it hit its goal in, I mean, just a few hours, thirty thousand something dollars in a few hours, and it's, I don't know what I think it's pushing a hundred thousand at this point. But it has, it's I think it's like sixty bucks for the whole thing, and it's just cards, and it's yeah. not even that many. I I get it. It's novelty. People pay for it because they like this, this, these memes. But I feel like they're making a joke of the hobby. That's what it feels like to me. Is yeah. you have all these other designers that are spending their hard-earned time, money, cash. <laughs> well, that's the same thing as money, but you know, money but and cash. They're spending so much time developing games. You know getting meticulous about how they are, you know, the gameplay flows, the mechanics, you know, how it looks to, you know, their potential clients and customers. And then here's this game where it is just, I'm sorry for the language, shit thrown on the wall. Yeah, it is, but it goes, it's a good lesson for the Kickstarter developers that having a uh, loyal fan base is a huge benefit right huge benefit which is another thing that draws me into kickstarters is who is doing it if it's a first-time publisher and they want to they want you know 70 80 100 for a game chances are i'm not going to do it but if it's if it's someone i backed a game for from before that i that i trust that i already have a relationship with them then i'm more much more likely to to give them a higher dollar amount than um, you know, than someone else that I don't know who they are. Right. So Marco, you had uh, you had some uh, opposite things to say. Yes. Some, some so the another thing is Kickstarter. Well, that was my first negative. My second negative is the fact that with all the information out there now, you know, Stegmeyer's doing a blog 
uh, to help people learn how to properly kickstart a game. Uh, I think Zayas uh, does uh, Zayas. I, I, don't, I don't know. Zayas probably. Um, you know, does his own blog for it. And there's many uh, out there as well, not just for board games, but just Kickstarter in general. And it really irritates me. And it really makes me want to just go to the designer's house, ring the doorbell, punch him in the face, wow. and, and leave <laughs> without really saying any words if they don't take the time to develop their passion project and, and, and their Kickstarter. Like, and I'm, I'm sorry to, to, to nag on this game. And this isn't uh, the devil's level. This is 42 days. I know I said earlier that, you know, I, I'm, I want to draw interest into it. But at the same time, this is a project that is really passionate to him. And his Kickstarter campaign looks atrocious. You know, and that's a big turnoff for me. Like, when I initially heard it, I was really excited about it. The moment I clicked his Kickstarter campaign, because he has, he has a great elevator uh, video up, but after that, it is just words. Words, 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 and not even very much of them. And it's just, it's bad. You know, take the time... To fully describe your game, at least. Show, show a picture. A single picture of the actual people playing the board game would be phenomenal. That would be a 100% improvement over what is done. And that's another thing that irritates me as well. Besides, you know, people taking advantage of Kickstarter. The fact that people need to take the time to use it to the benefit that they can. Um, and take the time to, to talk to other people before going out there. Use your resources to your benefit, and I hate that. That that's another huge turnoff. Yeah, I'm looking at this uh, this campaign right now because I haven't seen it. I hadn't heard anything about this game, this 42 days game, until Marco said something about it. And the uh, the campaign page um, is it almost completely fits on my cell phone on just one just this just one screen. I have to scroll for like half a swipe to get all the way to the bottom. Right. And it, like you said, it's nothing but words. Like, and if you go into the update section, you have a video that he updated with, with people's reaction to the game, but still no gameplay. Yeah, you gotta have gameplay. You gotta have reviews. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing on here that makes me want, that makes me even consider backing it. Right. And that's why, you know, and I've already pitched this to Kyle Sample, that if he wants us, send us the game. Send it to us. We will take a look at it, play it. I'll even bring it to the Dallas Designers Group. Get feedback for you and help you move forward. Because I have a lot of interest in your game, but your Kickstarter campaign has really turned me off to it. So please, Kyle. <laughs> this is to you. Love your product. All right. Anybody else have any negatives? Nope. I think that's that's gonna do it right there. I think that's gonna end that in that section. Wait. What about me? Oh. Of course. Oh, oh, here's another thing. I'm sorry. I'm just coming up with new, new things. When artwork doesn't fit the fucking game. You have a game that... Tell is, us how you really feel about it, Marco. When you have a game that, you know, the content is serious and you have kitty art. Oh, yeah. That drives me mad. Cats? Yeah. I saw no. I saw a game. Kitty, I don't remember kitty, which one it was, art. but I saw a game on there that that sounded decent. But it was like it reminded me of Power Rangers. Yes. And I was like, "What oh. is this?" Like it totally blew it for me. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I'm with you there. Like if the artwork doesn't fit the content of the game, <laughs> it's just uh, different what? strokes for different folks. I mean, yeah, I some people may like it. You know. Oh, are we going to me now? Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so I might get some hate for this, but I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm not really sure how I feel about Kickstarter exclusives. Um, Are you, can, can I ask you just a quick question? Yeah. Are you talking about a game that is exclusive to Kickstarter or components in the game that you can only get if you back on Kickstarter? A game. So like, the entire game. The entire game. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I hate right now. Whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, she hates hate. <laughs> um, but I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, yes, it makes it more... I, I don't know. I, I can see like the... The pull behind doing it, but the bottom line is if I don't have any money right now and I really want the game, then I'm kind of screwed because I won't have the option to buy it in retail. Right. I agree with that. You know, and then they say that they will they may open up late pledges. Lords of Hellas has been done for a while, and they've been teasing late pledges for God knows how long. I don't know if it's ever going to come to retail, but you can't late pledge it either, no matter... That you click on late pledge, it takes you to another website, shows you what you can get for your late pledge, and then once you hit go to cart, it says sorry, it's closed. Uh, they're supposed to reopen those back up though. I think supposedly they're just they're, just, they're backed up because everyone wants it. So is this the making of a game board block market? Yes, <laughs> we just have a black market <laughs> of board games. <laughs> I think that's the board game geek store. Is it <laughs> kind of? <laughs> but yeah, I I agree with you there too. You know. I know probably Sean or Todd disagrees, you know, but the exclusivity of Kickstarter games, I, I'm not a fan of. I, I mean, I don't mind other than I agree with Diana. If I can't get it right now, because for whatever reason, um, financially, then if I want the game, they've taken away my ability to support them later. Right. So that's that's my only... only um, concern. I mean, if if it becomes a super popular uh, practice for these these uh, developers, then that can hurt the stores, which doesn't affect me personally. Other than I like having a local game store to go to. Um, but if they're never if they're not sold in stores, then it, it we'll ends just up just be buying Monopoly. Oh yes, Monopoly forever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would like the. Where you can just get it exclusively through Kickstarter. I mean, their hope is that they get enough backers to do their print run, and um, and that kind of pushes people toward getting this because it's exclusive. But if it really takes off, then they're limiting the earnings that they can make. Because if people want to buy it after it comes out because it's that popular, but you can't because you didn't back it on Kickstarter, then that seems like they're just limiting themselves kind of need needlessly. Right. Yeah. So, exclusivity, Diana hates you. <laughs> Anything else that you guys can think of that will turn you off to to a Kickstarter campaign or, or a game? I think we've covered it. Yeah, the name, if it has a terrible name. <laughs> well, like, I don't think you'll click on it if it has a terrible exactly. name. Exactly. Well, actually, no, that's not true because we did click on... The longest... Oh, that one about the... <laughs> the wieners? The wiener game. Yes, the longest wiener or whatever. But I clicked on it, but I, there was n never a time where I considered backing that. Like, I was not like, maybe. W wasn't the fact that you'd get a glitter bomb if you purchased it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a reason to not back game. <laughs> yeah, I would say spelling turns me off real quick. D did you look at the share zone yet? Uh, I mean, that's all part of the. Yeah. That's all part of the, the whole joke. Yeah. That apparently, it is. I can't. <laughs> Spell check, guys. Spell exactly. Check. Right. Like, <laughs> this is something that's going to be up for twenty one to to thirty days or fourteen days, and you can't use spell check <laughs> for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's their that's their joke though. All their memes are. Spelled poorly. Well, I mean, even in other campaigns. Oh, even in other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If it's supposed to be real and there's spelling errors, then you know, I get it. Some not all games are. Not all the game developers are native English speakers. But if you want me to buy your game, you need to find someone who will translate it properly for you. Right. Like, 
I'm sure someone and there's translators online. Maybe maybe they're using the Google Translator, and that's what's not given the perfect translation. I don't know, but you you got to spend a little bit of money. That actually reminds me of another positive thing for me. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. Things are just flying into my hatred has subsided a little bit, and I'm starting to think of things that really attract me to campaigns is print and plays. Yeah, or tabletopias, you know. So it, off, it lets you offer once the campaign ends to actually play the game mm-hmm. before you actually receive the actual game. That, I think, is an awesome thing that designers are starting to do now that really kind of give me more confidence. It's like, yeah. here you go. I will let you play this game now. You know, you don't have to wait. Here, enjoy it. Right. Like, uh, Rise to Nobility, I backed. And the moment that the campaign ended, I got the um, print and play from it. Same thing with Bridges to Nowhere. Mm-hmm. We got the print and play immediately after the campaign ended. You know, I, and I think that's very, first off, confident in the designer saying, hey, you backed us. We, we trust the game enough that if we give it to you, you're not ever going to back out. Right. Yeah. yeah, print and plays are good. All right. So I think I'm the only one who has <laughs> the most hatred or or anything. The most hate. The most hate of hate. Yet I will still probably back hate. Alright, well that was a great discussion, guys. Uh, well, I think we are done for, for January. Um, come back with us next month where we'll be talking about more stuff in a different order. Wait, I can't even remember. Different words in a different order. That was the closing. Different stuff in a different order. Different words in a different Dang order. Dang it, different words in a different there order. There you go. Okay, there's your New Year's resolution. Get it right before December. Different words in a different order? Good there job. you go. And see if you can remember it next month. I will remember it next month because <laughs> I'll be editing this and hearing it over and over and over <laughs> again. Maybe. Maybe. I'll probably forget it. Probably. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next month. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening.